Hey everyone, if you're enjoying my podcast, I'd really like it if you left a review or at least a rating. It'll help the podcast greatly so that I can continue to make the best content possible. Thanks. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Watching the Web. Really? Wow. All of these episodes. And I tongue-tied my own intro. Ain't that... Let's try that again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Watching the Webhead. I'm your host, Delanel. And today, now that I finally got to this point, I'm going to talk about Venom. And why there's something wrong. There's a few things wrong, but I also... Okay, let's just talk about Venom, right? Once again, spoilers, okay? So... If you have not seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and if, you're not, if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, back up, get out, and just, I guess, watch the end credits for both of those movies. Alright, we ready? We're good? Spoiler alert? This is it, even though it's in title too, but some people, I guess... Alright, so... Venom, Let There Be Carnage. <clears throat> Thank God that that end credit scene was in there because the movie was abysmal, okay? And that's all well and good. We, you know, we got the end credit scene. It got us hype at the potential of, of Spider-Man and Venom meeting. But I, I said back then, I said it made no sense for Venom to actually interact with Spider-Man. Like, it wasn't... The movie was already bloated. There seemed to be no real purpose... For him to be there because he wasn't going to actually do anything. So with that said, um, why the the question is why was he allowed to? Why was he there? Now I read a really weird article about what happened to Venom and how he ended up in Mexico and in the same universe or wherever he was. I have a problem. This article is spreading some really odd information out there. It's a well-known site. Um, but they were sitting here talking about Venom got snapped? The Thanos snapped? Excuse me? You... Who... Who thought this was the thing that happened? No, 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 no. That's not... No. No, that's not... First of all, folks, he was not snapped. Okay? Venom does not exist in the MCU. Thanos' snap only impacted the MCU. The fact that Venom would be snapped from one universe and reappear in another universe is already bewildering. Like, the whole idea he was involved with the Thanos snap is... We're cutting that. So if you see anything like that online, it's out there. Don't entertain it. What a bizarre situation. But it got me thinking. At least more. The fact that Venom was there. How did he get to that universe? So some of you are thinking, oh, well, the Doctor Strange thing. Yeah, here's the problem. All the other characters... That we saw. They showed up. After the spell. Right? Like after the spell was cast. They popped up. 
But the end credit scene shows that Venom is watching that live reveal of Spider-Man and Peter Parker and the whole bit. So how would he show up at a time before the spell was cast? Why would why would he conveniently? Why would that be the thing? Okay. Um, okay. So I'm just saying. Now maybe you could say that the news this 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 uh particular news segment was indeed showing up after the spell was cast. You could say that. I mean, you you could. I don't. I don't know if I buy it. But let's say, for the sake of this episode, let's just say that Doctor Strange's spell brought Venom over. Some of you might be thinking this seems like a plot hole. He doesn't know who Peter Parker is. Even in his universe, there's no Peter Parker. How would he know that there's a Peter Parker? Well, here's where things get spicy. Because he does know who Peter Parker is. He does know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. It has something to do with what Venom said. Now look, something Venom said at the end, in the end credit scene of Let There Be Carnage was like a verbal version of the multiverse. So Venom says, I know... Because of my connections and because of what I've seen, and and the symbiote has like a hive mind. So all symbiotes out there in different universes and realities, it's all one brain, basically. That's basically what he said during the end credit scene. In case you didn't really quite understand what he was talking about. So like he he knew... Remember he was saying like, I know so much... And I'll, I'll, even if I give you like the smallest bit of information that I know, it might, your mind might explode and blah, 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 blah. And Eddie's like, what? And whatever. But that's pretty much what Venom was saying at that time. So the theory out there, which I agree with, and I'm going to share it with you in case you don't know. The theory out there is that Tom Hardy's Venom. had that same information that Topher Grace's Venom from Spider-Man 3 had. Topher Grace and Venom in that movie, thanks to the black suit... Remember, Venom was attached to Peter Parker first. So obviously he knew all about Peter Parker. So when he went to Topher Grace, they both was like, all right, we're going to get him. He dies. But that information must have been like a data upload... It's like all the computers that can connect to the internet. And once you upload something, it's in the internet and it's there. Like we all hear about it. It's there forever. Can never really truly be deleted. That's how the symbiotes work, apparently, in this whole situation. So. Venom. Tom Hardy's Venom. Somewhere along the line. Picked up. Whether he... I mean, he has so much information that he has access to. He may not have been thinking about it. It may not have been a conscious thing that he knew. And I don't know how long it would take for him to like sort through his, his information and memories and all these different things from other symbiotes to determine what he knows and what he doesn't know. But the reality is most likely he knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man through Tobey Maguire's universe. 
And so when that spell happened, that's how he got yanked through as well. That's the best I can give you. I mean, it's not the strongest thing on paper, but it's the strongest thing that we have out of the options that we have. And it makes the most sense. It's a very... You have to reach, I think, in order for this to work. Because again, it sounds like when Venom first showed up, it sounded like he was listening to the initial breaking news, right? Like it looked, it, I'm pretty sure it even said breaking news on the screen. So like, it sounds like he showed up before the spell. Now one can argue Sony had to paint it that way because if he showed up after the spell, that may have potentially maybe ruined the plot of No Way Home or at least part like spoiled some of No Way Home. So they may have had to make it as if he just showed up right at the breaking news segment. But the reality is it looks like he's showing up before the spell was even cast. So it doesn't make sense for him to show up during that. Like, why would he show up there, but everyone else showed up in a normal timeline of after the spell was cast? Or almost cast, but then had to be secure, but it still let some stuff through. So that's... That's one of the issues. The other issue is we have to reach in order to say, because the movie doesn't explicitly say it, the end credit scene doesn't explicitly say it, but it sounds like Tom Hardy's Venom had information that Topher Grace's Venom had, and that's why he would have been pulled. That's the only way. There's really no other way to explain why he knows if, again, if he's pulled by that spell, there's no other way that he would know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. The only other option we have is if Sony decided that there is a Spider-Man in that Venom universe that we've, you know, the two movies we've watched. There's a Peter Parker in Queens in that universe that they know about but decided never to make a reference to. I can't buy that one either. Like it's it no matter how you look at it, none of it really is solidified. And I don't think we're ever actually going to get a solid answer. I think two things is why there are two reasons why Venom showed up. One reason was because Sony wanted to hype up no way home. It was a deceptive tactic. All things considered. Like I already talked about it in an episode. But Venom wasn't going to play much of a role in the movie. So anyone that got hype and thought. Oh he's going to be in the movie. Like I already called that out. That was never going to be a thing. Um, but Sony I think on their part. Was being somewhat deceptive. Because you implied that Venom was going to be on this wild goose chase to find this guy to eat him. Like, he's over here licking the screen and stuff. Yeah, I like him. And, like, he going he gonna to make a move. Obviously, that's part of why people were, like, buying these tickets like crazy. They trying to get in on this because they thought this was going to be a thing. I, while I'm watching the movie, I never expected Venom to show up. It didn't make any kind of sense. Knowing what I knew about the movie and the different leaks and rumors and stuff, Venom wasn't going to be in the movie. 
But I think that's one of the reasons why he had that end credit scene. The second end credit scene creates a, a plot hole. So when Doctor Strange does the spell and everyone is sent back and we don't know Peter Parker and all these different things, it does, I'm sorry, but it does not add up to why that little piece of alien symbiote was left behind. Now, some people can say, well, Doctor Strange's spell, when he did it, he didn't do it to ultimate perfection. It's a little bit a piece of reality from another universe was left behind. I mean... Maybe that's corny, but that might have to be the in-universe explanation because it just so happens the black suit is just there. But now here's the funny part about this whole thing. First of all, what is that black suit going to do? Who's going to be its primary host? And I talked about this too. I know I've talked about this, but like seriously, who's going to be the primary host? There's only one character in the MCU that lines up with the comics. And that person is Flash Thompson. Now, can y'all imagine that Flash Thompson in the MCU wearing the symbiote? I didn't think so. Three, I'm pretty sure three people have worn the suit as like a, I mean, a lot of people have put on the suit. Let's, let's, first of all, let's get that out of the way. But some of the longest-running Venoms have been um, Flash, Eddie, and uh, I forget the third person. And I'm not thinking about Peter, but there was a third person that had it for a good while. Was it Matt Garvin? He had the suit, but I don't know if he had it for a long time. Hmm. Either way. There is no Eddie Brock. We have no confirmed Eddie Brock in the MCU right now. That could change. But for now, we don't have an Eddie Brock. We only have a Flash Thompson. I can't think of anyone else that they would use. Some people say that the symbiote is going to attach itself to Peter. I'm having a somewhat difficult time with that. I mean, the suit can make its way. But if the suit makes its way to Peter, it would have to make its way by... By absolute chance. Because this symbiote couldn't possibly know who Peter is, right? Like, part of the spell was that no one remembered Peter Parker at all. They know Spider-Man, but they don't know Peter Parker. So this, this little piece of venom, this little piece of symbiote couldn't possibly know who Peter is. Right? If we assume the spell worked in that regard, the memory wipe, then yeah, that's a thing. So now my question becomes, how does this Venom work itself into the MCU and specifically to Spider-Man? You already have one version of Venom that has nothing to do with the Spider-Man. You're going to tell me you're going to have two Venoms in two different universes, both not have anything to do with Spider-Man? I'm sorry. I can't get behind that. I'm not. So he has to be related to Spider-Man in some capacity, and I don't see how they're going to pull that off. I don't know what they're going to do with the, the black suit. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to contrive it, but it's going to make its way to New York. It's going to make its way to New York, and Spidey will have to deal with it. Tom Holland will have to deal with it. 
And I'm scared of how they're going to force the issue on that encounter. Um, I'm not really looking forward to it. But I hope that they, you know, I hope that they make it work. I just hope that it, we just push through it. It's going to happen. I mean, it would be bizarre if we never hear from the black suit again. He's just there in the MCU. And we just never hear from it again. But those were the two reasons why Tom Hardy showed up randomly. Okay? Um, and I guess you could say the third... If you want a third reason, it was for Sony to say, see, look, our universes are connected. But you just had an entire movie of all of your past characters. So you didn't have to use Venom as that. Because you had, you could have said Doc Ock, or Goblin, or Sandman, or Electro, okay? Or Lizard, or the other two Spider-Men. You, you already confirmed that all of these universes are connected. I mean, Venom is from his own universe, and that's, that's fine. Is he though? Like, I feel like Venom is from the top. It's tough. We don't know. I guess Venom is from its own universe. And so is Morbius. Like, Morbius and Venom are from their own universe. So you have Sony has three universes the Sam Raimi universe, Mark Webb universe, and then basically what they call the Spider Man universe. I'm guessing that's what's happening. Uh, so I guess they wanted to show that all three of these universes are connected to the MCU in some capacity. They couldn't fit Venom in, so they decided to give him two end credit scenes to, to, to send that message and relay that message. I, I guess. I mean, I don't really know. Like, these two end credit scenes, maybe we shouldn't even be reading into it. Maybe we should just be blinded by pure fandom and awesomeness. But I'm a thinker and I'm an analyzer and I like to really try to grasp things that are happening around me. So unfortunately for you, you have to sit here listening. You don't have to. You didn't even have to come this far. I don't know why you're still listening. I guess if you're still listening, you actually agree like, huh, this is intriguing. But, um, you know... <laughs> I can't let it go. This is just some things I just could not let go. This is one of them. Um, but please, he did not get snapped. That is That makes the least amount of sense uh, out of everything that I've seen. That I didn't even know people thought this. Please, please stop thinking about this. This is not a thing. That did not happen. What? And listen, here's the thing. Here's what's really funny. If you watch, like, Hawkeye, I think Hawkeye, and, and, and let me see, WandaVision may have, I don't think WandaVision really, so here's a problem about the snap, actually, when I think about it. WandaVision and Hawkeye depicted the snap in two different ways. I wonder if people picked up on that. Um... I'm not going to elaborate on what happened to different characters from those shows, but I'm 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 starting to reflect and like what was her name? Uh Monica from from WandaVision. She uh the way she described like being snapped and the way they kind of depicted her coming back was different than how someone from Hawkeye when they got snapped and came back. It was it was different. Um I like 
the way Hawkeye tells it. I like the way that that show explains it and shows it. I really like it a lot more than what we saw in WandaVision. So, but um, either way you look at it, Venom, if if they're, if you want to say Venom got snapped, his the way that they decided to depict him getting snapped doesn't even make any sense. Because it, it looks like he's going, like, if you look at the background, while, like, everything is shaking and everything is happening, things are, like, changing. It looks like he's going through a portal or something. And he just ends up there. The only the only thing that can help you with, like, the idea that maybe he was snapped is because it just so happens he's in a very similar location with some minor tweaks, which, you know, over five years, a building, a business or something can have like those kind of minor tweaks and adjustments being made. And so he's basically in the same place, right? Because everyone that was snapped, they showed up at the same place they were snapped. It was as if they, in their eyes, it was as if nothing happened. But because Venom and Tom were aware that something happened, I don't think it was a snap. It, it seems like they were aware that something occurred. It still felt like no time passed, but something happened. Whereas what we saw in WandaVision and in Hawkeye, no time passed. So it was as if a blink occurred and then they were back to reality. But the reality was five years later. That's the difference. Now again, Disney was able to commandeer those reactions. Whereas with the Venom movie, Sony... Maybe you decide to put their own spin on it, which isn't smart because now you're creating this conflict that didn't have to be. All you had to do is look at what Disney did and say, let's do something similar to that. But they went rogue. So if it was Snap, they did not adequately. And then even if it was a Snap, again, Doctor Strange's thing sent him away. So the Snap couldn't have brought him over. Like nothing is adding up for the Snap. Nothing's working for the snap, so we're leaving it alone. I don't know why that article is out there, and I'm sure people are running around like, oh my god, he was snapped. Please don't. Please stop. This is dumb. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's my Venom thingy. Uh, that's, this, this, this might be the last of my spoiler series for Spider-Man No Way Home. Like I said, I by the end of this week, basically after Christmas, I want to start shifting focus to Morbius and get ready for that. Um, and, you know, looking at what... Morbius is a very complicated looking movie. Uh, it has a lot of references to all of the Spider-Man universes. Um, like in the trailer. So it's I'm I'm extremely curious to see what's going on. You got Vulture from the MCU showing up in there. He makes an I Am Venom reference. And then the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man has the murderer thing on there. Um, you know, so there's like a lot of different things that they're pulling from different things. And it's it's weird. It's ra- running rampant on Twitter as well. The different memes and stuff. And people are pointing it out. So I, I, Morbius seems like a really odd in-between movie like in between Spidey and Doctor Strange, this movie might really open us up to some, you know, like the Vulture is going to be in here, it looks like. So like, how do you, like, I need an explanation for that. Like, 
the the problem is the type of movie that Morbius is most likely going to be doesn't seem like it's going to try to answer these questions. So we have to hope that Doctor Strange's movie answers these questions. Um, but holy cow, that movie looks bloated with many Easter eggs. And so I'm going to, once again, have to watch it twice, maybe a third time. <laughs> but we're going to see. I'm, I'm very excited about Morbius. Again, if you guys don't know about Morbius that much, as with most like bad guys, they start off as a scientist. Something goes wrong, and then, you know, scientist, doctor, whatever you want to call it. Morbius debuted in Spider-Man comics. So he is essentially somewhat by default a Spider-Man character. Um, I mean, not everyone that debuts in Spider-Man comics are Spider-Man characters. Like Cloak and Dagger debuted in Spider-Man, but they are their own thing, right? Like you won't consider them Spider-Man characters. So... A lot of people have debuted in Spider-Man. Spider-Man has been the flagship. So whenever Marvel wanted to test out different characters and different things, they usually started off with Spidey first. Like that series called Marvel Team-Up, except for like a few issues, the original run of Marvel Team-Up was Spider-Man paired with another hero. Freaking Marvel, a title called Marvel was basically featuring Spider-Man. He was just basically the main character of the whole thing. So, like, Marvel just loves Spidey and knows that he's what's bringing in all of the money. That's why Sony refuses to sell Spidey back to Marvel. Or, you know, like, if Sony ever loses Marvel, uh, Spidey, Sony is done. I don't care how much money they're getting from the PlayStation and all this. Sony's pretty much going to crash if they lose at least their film division. It's, it's going to end. Um, but, I mean, we just saw No Way Home basically shattered every box office record. Like, basically. It's probably going to surpass Endgame for the whole, like, all-time gross. Spidey brings in money. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's not an opinion. <laughs> Our wallets are saying it, like. He's the guy. But, you know, whatever. It's, it's fine. So, um, yeah, I'm really curious to see what, what's going to happen, um, you know, with, with uh, Morbius. He, you know, he's, he's an anti-hero, uh, you know, trying to control the urge to, to eat. And look, the MCU is working on bringing Blade into the mix. Now, in the, in the comics, Blade has a tendency to try to hunt down Morbius, at least towards the beginning. Um, and so the MCU having Blade, Sony having Morbius, I wonder if they ever will end up doing a crossover thing with those two characters. That'd be pretty cool to see them like fighting each other and realizing, hey, okay, Morbius, you're actually not a bad guy. But that would be pretty interesting to see. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see how many times Sony and Marvel can collaborate to get as many of these characters on screen together and interacting and all of that, that'd be cool. But until then, guys, I think we're done for the most part with the spoiler series. Unless something pops into my head or if you guys leave a comment that makes me think of something. Um, so content will start to shift towards the uh, Morbius stuff. 
as well as some new uh, content pursuits for the podcast, including my podcast got approved to join the uh, video podcast program. So I'm going to begin doing weekly segments um, where you'll be able to either watch or listen to my podcast. So that's going to be interesting as well. I had to fill out like an application and provide like information about my podcast. And I even provided information about my YouTube channel. Like they really want to know if you're even going to be doing video stuff. But I think that like they asked for how many views I have on YouTube and stuff like average per video, like they all kinds of stuff. So I was approved. So I guess I'm doing something right. Unless they're letting everyone in, in which case, why would you bother having an application if you're just going to let everyone? So I think there are some kind of criteria that they're looking for. I guess I meet it. So I'm going to be working on that as well. Um, there are a lot of Spotify exclusive content coming your way. Only because, again, Anchor is owned by Spotify. So whatever Anchor is doing... It's most likely going to be a Spotify exclusive. So there are a lot of things I'm going to start experimenting with. So I would encourage you to follow the podcast on Spotify. First and foremost. Now, if you have, if you're from Apple or Google or you know Amazon or somewhere else, then that's cool. You're just going to miss out on some of the pieces of the podcast content. So... You know, that's that's what I'm going to tell you. You make a decision of what you want to do. Obviously, not a lot of people like Spotify for whatever reasons. Um, but like this spot, Anchor is not the first podcast platform I've used. Out of the podcast platforms that I've used, Anchor has been the easiest and most versatile thing that I've used. That's just me personally. Um, And then being backed by a large company and reach like Spotify, I can't, you can't really go wrong with it. You may not prefer it, but you, it wouldn't be a detriment. So, you know, I'm making, I'm making a little bit of money off of it with their built-in ad programs and and, uh, sponsorships and the options to receive listener support or have a subscription-based model for the pod. Like, there's a lot of different things that you can do here. Um, and that, so I just I just have options, and you always like to have options because your podcast can shift and change as the years go on, and you realize you want to do something a little different, and you have that flexibility here. So right on, sister or brother. Or nephew, I'm not gonna go through the family tree, but so that's like the future of the podcast. In a nutshell, 2022 is gonna kind of be like that because Morbius is the last Spider Man themed anything for a while, right? Venom, I had to deal with, and then as soon as Venom was over, I had to kick in for Spidey, and then now Spidey's over, got kick in for Morbius, but I'm gonna get a little break now. Doctor Strange will be in May. I'm not going to be too hype about it unless I see that there's some explicit references to Spider-Man. Otherwise, 
the only reason why I'll talk about Doctor Strange is to basically try to answer questions about what happened in No Way Home. That's pretty much it. So, like, Doctor Strange is probably going to be only one watch, not multiple, unless I get a real kick out of it. So, that is the story the next few months for the podcast. So, stay tuned for all of that. I don't sound as excited as I am, and that's a shame. But I'm also not really a high animated person. So at least that's what I tell myself. Other people seem to think otherwise. Like I have a high level of energy. I don't think that is the case. But something that seems so natural to you, you don't necessarily think that it's a great thing, right? It's just like I'm breathing, like whatever. But other people's like, oh my gosh, that's different. You know, like when I tell people I have a podcast, it's like, oh my gosh. But for me, it's like, well, this is not really, I mean, it's like a podcast, but it's not really the best thing you've ever heard. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I'm not high ranking. In the Spider-Man podcast world, I might be starting to rise, maybe, perhaps. But overall, podcast life, nah, nah, you know, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I know your place sometimes. Know, you, know your place. Doesn't mean you can't get there, but right now, I'm not there. So, I love you all. No, I don't. I don't. I. I mean, I probably there. There might be enemies of mine, like low key listening. I'm not gonna tell you. I, I mean, why did I paint myself into this corner? You know, that's. I have love for you all. That's that's what you should say. I have love for you all. A little bit, a lot, could be anywhere in between. Some of you I haven't met, and I would still have love for you even if you kicked me in the balls. So. All right. Wow, Dante, you really made this awkward now. Great. It's great. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep swinging.